He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. Reminder to everybody, if you did not listen last week, last week was Thanksgiving, short week on the holiday, I understand. We had Taylor Gooch on after his first PGA Tour victory. Go back, listen to that. Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening, rate us, review us. We greatly appreciate it. Go listen to that episode with Taylor Gooch from last week and head over to GolfOklahoma.org where you can uh, read what Sam wrote up about TG and his first win on the PGA Tour as well as all the other great golf coverage at GolfOklahoma.org. Or, all right, we've got a few things to get into today, but gentlemen, <laughs> good Thanksgiving. Good um, four-day weekend. Uh, I forgot it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, the, the, the Thanksgiving match happened, feels like I, a year ago. Thanksgiving was several several weeks ago, right? <laughs> like, it's been several weeks since Thanksgiving happened. It the feels match, like it should be 2024. <laughs> the match was the day after Thanksgiving. It was on Friday of this weekend, and it literally feels like a century ago. What match are you referencing? <laughs> the Brooks Kepka match that did... You picked Bryson, I think, right, T-Dub? No, that was last fall, I think. That was that was a year ago, a full year ago <laughs> that Brooks and Bryson teed it up. I feel like the Brooks-Bryson match is closer to the Tiger-Phil match than it is to today. It's, it's time-wise. It is insane the last 48 hours in the state of Oklahoma how things have transpired. And probably 90% of our listeners are in Oklahoma, so we're going to talk a little bit of football today. If you're from out of state and you don't know what's happening here, uh, give it a Google. Hey, Californians look, will love it, too. Look, Californians go- will love it. We're a golf God. show, but the majority of our listeners are in Oklahoma, and no one in Oklahoma cares about golf right now. <laughs> Let's just be honest. There are some people in this state feeling a bit betrayed hey, by a certain college football coach. Before we get started, if you don't listen to Colby and uh, Carson Cunningham's Pistols Firing podcast, they do an unreal job. And I honestly enjoyed, Colby, listening to you talk about, you know, your feelings after the OSU game, after the OU-OSU Bedlam game. And it's just one of those deals. It reminded me of when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, right? It's like you're you're on this kind of island. At least in Oklahoma, you have your Oklahoma State fans, but the, your OU friends, you know, are going to hate it. And you just have to enjoy it while it lasts. Here, and, here's and the thing. And it's Awesome, I bet. And this is what I said yesterday. The rules of Bedlam are the same that they've always been. If your team wins, then you get to run your mouth. Yeah. And you get to talk a little trash. That's just all that's always been the way it is. That's always the way that it's going to be. This weekend, just there was a little bit more going on than just Bedlam. It was number one, the stakes of the game. Big 12 championship on the line, college football playoff parents on the line. Number two, the way the game was officiated and ended and the ensuing fan response on the OU side. And then everything that happened yesterday with Lincoln just came out of left field and sent the OU fan base on a spiral. I mean, guys, I'm 29 years old. I've lived in the state my entire life as an OSU fan. It has been a tough existence. It is every time OSU takes one step forward in football, they take two steps back and I, I think y'all can understand how, as an OSU fan base, we're having a good time enjoying OU being knocked down a peg because we've been getting knocked down just our whole life. We've been getting knocked down a peg. 100%. So, in your opinion, Colby, OSU, golf school or football school? Hashtag golf school. 
This is the 73rd hole. Hashtag golf school. I agree. It's, I was going to get on to you if you said football school. No, I mean, so, look, the football program is obviously on a high right now, but golf school. So Men's, Colby, women's. Yes. Colby, we got to get this out of the way. All right. Like I said, you guys do a great job. I listen to every single one of y'all's podcasts. Awesome but, job. But, you, but you've got a beef with something I said. I can tell. I got a beef with something. More, more with Carson, but... The fact that you guys just came on there and just discredited the worst no call in the history of college football. I didn't discredit at the end it. of the game. No, no, no. Carson goes, you know, you can't blame the officiating. Some, you know, Winfrey was offsides the whole game. You know, that that offsides on the uh on the safety, it cost them two points. The six point change at the end of the game, probably seven point change. That cost them the game and they had no time to make up for it. It was one of the most egregious no calls I've ever seen in my life. So you guys did get extremely fortunate at the end of that game. They would have had the ball at what, the six, five yard line? Here's my take on the pass interference late in the game. My first take is it, they, they missed the call. They got it wrong. It was one of the many missed calls that they were, there, were, there were in that game, but it was a missed call. They got it wrong. My second take is that call did not end the game. It did not end OU season. It was second down. It was not fourth down. It was Half second down. the distance to the goal, though. After that play, they lined up on third and ten and got stopped, and then they lined up on fourth and ten and gave up a sack to a three-man rush. At, at what point does but You're going to run it pass- different. What pass or what yard line do you have to be for pass interference to be put at the two yard line? I think in the NFL answer. it gets put at the two yard they line. They do it in college in, too. In college, you have to be they, close they, enough. If you're but in, how close? I don't know because if you're outside the red, if you're, they say it all the time in fishing. Foul card in the end zone was spot at the two yard Colby, line. Because in the I, NFL they spot at the one. I don't know if it would have been half the distance to the goal or the two yard line. I don't know. And here's my deal about you know obviously he, they did have pass rush on Caleb Williams who. Reminds me of the John Wooden quote, he who hesitates is lost. I mean, he's just back there just holding on to the ball like, you know, it means something to him. So, anyways, <laughs> basically, my point is they would have ran a different play when they were half the distance to the goal. And, and they would have at least had a chance to win. What bothered me... I was going to say, you're 100% bother- sure they get in because they didn't no, move no, the ball no, the entire no, no, no. Lincoln botched it. Hey, no, no, no. He okay. wanted it out. He out three weeks ago. We'll talk about Lincoln in a second. was out three weeks ago. We'll talk about Lincoln in a second. But my deal is it was such a great game that it overshadowed how good OSU played in that game. I think it only overshadowed it to OU fans. No, it overshadowed it to anyone who was unbiased watching the game. I mean, it was an obvious call that completely changed the outcome of the game. I don't think it did change the outcome of the game. It potentially changed the outcome of the it game. It potentially changed the outcome of the game. That's not the same as saying it changed the outcome of the game. If that if it's called pass interference, I still think OSU wins the game. Because OSU's defense was better than OU's offense, so that's who my money would have been the on. The University of Oklahoma should be better than having to rely on the refs as bad as they were. It, I, I tell you what, I said this earlier, but it didn't cost them the loss. It was the worst officiated game I'd ever seen in college football. Did it, you, for, did, for 60 minutes, it was. Did What's you fun? think roughing the punter was roughing the punter? Or do you think by, it should no, have been running, running into the punter? By, the, the by, letter, by letter of the law, yes, because he landed on the plant leg, and okay. that's always rough. That's always roughing. Okay. But, always. It but, always is. But the plant leg wasn't on the ground whenever yes, it, it was, was contacted. Yes, it was. No, I, I agree with you, Colby, because that same call was in the Alabama game. Right before, and I, I, and I don't, I don't know if you watched that, and it was an unbelievable game. Four overtimes. Uh, we were, we had to leave the tailgate with but, four minutes left on the Alabama Auburn game. So when we left the tailgate, we thought Auburn was going to win the game, and right. then we get in the stadium, and somebody finally gets the score to load, and it's like, are you well, kidding me? Did Alab- Auburn really blow it? Alabama did the exact same thing to Auburn, but they called it running into in it's, that game. 
he didn't hit him hard. I mean, he just kind of rolled into well, him. It's just I don't know what the actual def. But one thing is that the offsides call that everyone keeps talking about. There were three other times in the game that OU was offsides and they didn't call it. Redmond was not offsides on that play. He hopped across the line. He did not touch an offensive lineman, and he was back across when the ball was snapped. See, not offsides. After you said that in our group text yesterday, I went back and watched it about thirty times, and I just every single time it looks like his helmet's across the ball. I just I think his helmet's across the ball when the ball okay. snapped. That's, but that's anyway. all. That's all. Totally true. But the whole deal is when you have 28 seconds left in the game, you can't miss that call. You can't. So you're saying it's okay to miss a call in the third quarter, but not in the fourth quarter? You can't tell me that it's not different. It's different. Okay, let me ask you this. Oklahoma State lost one game this year. It was in Iowa State. The ball was improperly spotted on fourth and two and given back to Iowa State. They took knees and the game was over. Oh, you, it was second down. It didn't end the game. Agrees, but here's it, did, it changed the game. It could, they had to take a shot at the end zone at that point, and that's why Caleb Williams got st- got sacked. Let me ask you something else about Caleb Williams. That throw on the pass interference, it was supposed to be a back shoulder throw. He threw it four yards too far to the middle of the end zone. He had a Look hand, at your quarterback. The guy had him in a chokehold on a three man rush. He had Block him in a chokehold, Colby. Block somebody, Colby. Block that somebody. was the most egregious Block no call somebody. I've ever seen in my life. Here, here's my stance as an OSU fan. Chokehold. The, the call was missed. I do not care. Well, there, obviously, there, you don't care, but a, everyone else who's unbiased there, does. There was an egregious block in the back on Jalen Saunders' punt return in 2013. I don't see you trying to hand back the 2013 I'm not Bedlam talking trophy. about 2013. I'm talking about how it changed this game this year. Yeah. It was an egregious and, no call that and, changed. And there have been egregious no calls. The game. And there was an egregious no call in 04 at the end of the game that helped I'm OU. I'm not talking and about 04. Call in I'm talking about this year. Yeah. I'm talking about this it pass happens. interference call. It happens. Officiating affects games. No, it, it doesn't happen. You don't just blatantly. Missed and yes. a guy having yes. him in a chokehold for five seconds. Officials while the ball's miss in the air. calls all the time. Officials no, they miss don't calls miss in every that game. call. They don't yes, miss they that do. call. They don't miss that call. If they don't miss that call, then why did they miss that call? Because they missed that call. Because it's human error. Did Bowlesby have the fix in? Refs miss, refs miss calls. That's the reality. Refs miss calls. They missed one. It went against OU. I, what do you want me to say? 37 I mean, 33. Game's an over. Obvious one, though. I. Again, Look, again, if they throw the flag, I still don't think OU scores because OSU's defense was a OU, lot better than OU's and, offense. And OU choked it away. I mean, why are you fair catching the ball inside the five-yard line? I'll never understand that in my freaking life. His feet were on the three. I mean, my God, what is so that guy So was the guy think? for OSU's. What? I mean, I don't his, was at the, his was at the eight, but it's same, same but basic I mean, principle. My God, but, but, what are these guys doing? I don't so understand that. It, it was about as asinine because the OSU guy tried to field it at the eight and didn't call a fair catch. The OU guy tried to field it at the three and did call a fair catch. Neither one of them caught it, but anyway. Look, bad no call, happy for Mike Gundy, happy for OSU. You I don't am. have to lie. No, I am. Look, you're, you're happy for OSU? No, I am happy for OSU because it's, like I said, it's like when, because I can relate as an Eagles fan. You know, it's it's ha- like pure joy. You just want to take in every single bit of sports content for a month. Or at least until you play again. I will until next the, week. I woke up this morning and started listening to an OU football podcast. Exactly. <laughs> that That is why I'm happy for OSU fans. But it just made me upset at the end of that game that they ruined such a good game with such an egregious call. That game won't be remembered for OSU winning the game. It'll be remembered for the terrible no call at the end of the game. Couldn't disagree more. Depends how far OSU goes. The, the 2013 game is remembered for... OU winning at the end and OSU choking. It's not remembered for a missed block in the back call. This game won't be remembered for a missed pass interference. 
it, the miss block in the back call is a much less egregious than having a chokehold on a guy for five seconds while the ball's in there. You're saying that because one went for your team and one went against your team. They're both. I'm not, agree- it's not they're my both team. Egregious I'm a Tulsa calls. guy. They're both I'm egregious unbiased. missed calls. You're an OU football fan. I I am an OU football. Not necessarily fan. I enjoy going to the OU games. I wouldn't call myself an OU fan. When you go to OU Texas, what do you wear? An OU hat because I'm not going to go to wear Longhorns hat. Oh, yeah, but you're not unbiased neutral. You're an OU football fan. It's okay to be an OU football but, fan. I'm just saying acknowledge the, the role that fandom is telling, playing in your opinion. But are you telling me be, that it's not going to be remembered that because I'm saying that? No, I'm telling you, it's not because going to be Because there's a bunch that. of people that don't care about either team that say that that was one of the most egregious no-calls they've ever seen in their in their entire life. Yeah, but it's not what the game's going to be remembered for. A decade from now, It would have changed the game, Colby. Might you not don't have changed know the, that. Yes, no, I do know that it would have changed the game. It might not have changed the outcome of the game, if, but okay. at least give OU the chance. So they took away they the chance. They still had two more chances. No, they had two more chances from way farther back. Oh my gosh, they were like the 22-yard exactly. line. Exactly, they would have been on the freaking four yard line or whatever here's what happened the better team won and because the official missed one call that's the truth i I totally agree with that i think i think we have better players i think clearly we're not coached right i I don't think oh you had better players this year i i I agree with colby i don't think oh you had better better athletes oh you had oh you had a better front seven that's it uh oh had a better secondary too maybe even oh also has better receivers and a better coach tay martin and brendan presley are better than the top two for OU. Jalen Warren's better than Kennedy Brooks. Look, Jaden Hazelwood and Marvin Mims are you guys should ready? be better than those. Are you guys ready? To they're, be, they're better players. They should they, be. They're, or not they used, are. they're not used right. Tay, Mar- Tay Martin's the best of the four. Mar- Marvin Mims was by far better than them last year. I, what have you done for me lately? He didn't do anything this year. We Texas didn't have game. a coach calling the right plays because he was in Southern California for a month. I'm just saying this year, OSU's players were better. OSU had like 12 starters, 21 years or older. It was a veteran team. There were 21 seniors that walked on. On Saturday, probably 12 of them are starters. So he brought up Lincoln, right? Yeah, give, so, just, y'all give your thoughts. So Lincoln, obviously. We uh, are going to get to golf. There's not a lot happening in golf right now. Bear with us. This right. is a football day. We're right. in Oklahoma. The Oklahoma people will enjoy this. But here's the deal on Lincoln, right? So obviously, I got a little nervous. <laughs> I think it was either Friday night or Saturday morning. Brad Dalkey texted me and said, Lincoln's gone. And I got nervous about that. But here's the deal is... But you thought he was going to LSU. I thought he was going to LSU. Well, I mean, that was the only rumor that was out there. Right. No one... No one. I mean, maybe someone really close to the program knew he was going to USC, but I didn't hear about anybody talking about USC. Did you? Uh, no. Lincoln and his people were very clever to let everybody just buy into the LSU rumors. and then Very clever out. or very deceitful? Both. Very, yeah. very cleverly deceitful to let everybody buy into the LSU rumor and then just hammer the LSU rumor into the ground and make everybody feel and, comfortable. And Colby, we've only you know been doing the podcast for about a year now, and but even before last year and the year before that, I feel like Lincoln has been a tad bit overrated, and I've been kind of out on a limb as quote unquote an OU guy, right? saying that I I don't necessarily love Lincoln Riley, and I think that he can be extremely average at times. And this year, I mean, he showed his he showed his hand that he was extremely average in the play calling department this year. I mean, I'll say this: Can they run credit? the read option one more time just for shits and giggles? I mean, my goodness! I'll, I'll say this to your credit: I think that there have been a lot of OU fans on social media in the last twenty four hours who have been 
ripping Lincoln Riley, who were praising who him very Lincoln recently. Riley. So this you, is a, you've been hating on Lincoln for a while, for a long time. So even though I disagree with that opinion, and I think he's a great football mind and a great coach, I will say you've been consistent with that opinion. You're not just a a bitter ex lover who is mad at Lincoln Riley. Correct. Ever, I mean, even before the Georgia game, I've been on Lincoln Riley's case. But anyways, that's besides the point. So obviously, T Dub, he's going to USC. In my mind, I think that OU's a better job than USC, but I feel like the reason why he left is he's scared and soft of going to the SEC, right? And that's just my opinion, and I think that, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see because I think that he might, you know, make the playoffs, you know, every single year at USC once he gets his guys in there because it's just going to be so much easier to make the playoffs in the Pac-12, which is basically the AAC. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it really is. <laughs> I mean, I, I was kind of stunned whenever I heard it because, I mean, I, I had to think about it. It was. And I'm blew, totally blew me out of proportion. So let's think about this. Kobe, what was the first thing I told you after the Baylor game? After the Baylor game? Yes. Uh, gosh, I can't even remember. Something along the lines of, oh, you didn't look very prepared or Lincoln I, looked checked out or the, something? It was the biggest coaching mismatch I've ever seen in OU football history. I've ever seen. And that includes the horrible blowouts we've had across the years. There's, there was never a bigger coaching matchup than Baylor versus OU this year. And the Baylor coach, people are talking about goodies. I don't think he's that good. So all of a sudden, I'm like, well, why do we come out so flat? I know why. Because he was in Southern California the bye week. It all makes sense now. And you want to know something? The biggest recruits we have for 2023, where are they all from? California. They're all from the same high school in That's California. That's another thing that bugs me is he recruited on OU's dime to USC. That's chestnut checkers. That is chestnut checkers. That's chestnut I mean, smart checkers. on his part. But my problem with Lincoln is it reminds me of, like, I'm not a big enough OU fan to feel like when I felt like with KD, but it, it reminds me a lot of KD leaving to go to the Warriors. But the difference is Lincoln Riley is average. KD is the best or second best player in the league. Biggest question we always have when someone fires or gets a new coach, who's going to be the next guy up? Who do y'all want? Or uh, no, Kobe, I mean, I want, want Mike someone. Gundy. <laughs> who, do, who do I want? I want, uh, like, Mac Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That would probably be right. Well, Gary, I mean, Gary, Colby, Gary Patterson. Colby, as an o, as an OSU fan, who would you be scared of if OU hired? Uh, I'd probably Matt Campbell. Um, I actually think Dave Aranda's a really good head coach. I think but he's... But would his style fit OU fans? They say a lot of players don't and like him. Would they be happy about it? I don't know. I don't know. What about what about Bob Stoops? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think retirement Bob has been so much fun. Yeah. And retirement Bob... Like it just fits Bob, doesn't it? Yeah. Like he just seems happy. Like he doesn't seem like he wants to get back into that grind. He's just kind of seems like he's living his best life. So I'd be a little uh, the surprised. The only real on that rumor one. that came out yesterday was Kingsbury. Would you be scared of Kingsbury? Um, that one's, that, that one's hard for me to even acknowledge because that was a clear agent plant to Adam Schefter. Like, hey, at Shefty, OU's reaching out to us. Toyed it. Toyed it. OU's reaching out to us. Cliff has one year left on his deal after this. The Cardinals will get scared, and they'll, they'll give him an extension fine. for a bunch of money. I agree. So I, I think um, Mark Stoops is a possibility. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati yeah. is a possibility. I think Brent Venables is a possibility. What about Kiffin That's or uh, Urban Meyer? You want Venables? I think Venables would be a really good hire. I, I, I really well, do. And the main thing I would like about Venables, two things. One is that we have to get our coach before early signing period. We have no. to. We have to. I mean, but, if not, every every one of our commits is either not going to come. Or is early some... signing the 15th or the 23rd 15th, of December? 15th. The 15th? That's two weeks. 
Oh, he's yeah. got two weeks to have a coach that, in place. But that's why I think it may be all right to get Venables because they're not playing in the conference title, are they? Is it no, cool? they're not. Yeah. Uh, oh, are they? did they come out of their division? I don't think they did. No, I don't think they did because it's Wake Forest Clemson, and... Ohio State, and OU, not in their conference but titles. But didn't Venables oh, leave yeah. on bad terms? It, it wasn't. Yeah. He, he didn't get fired, though. Because a lot of people are throwing out Hypel, and Hypel got fired. I, I would hate I would, Josh Hypel. did get fired. I, can, I, I would and Jay be Norvell so, got fired too. so disappointed if they hired Josh Hypel. I don't think Hypel's happening. I don't think they will. Ven- I, Venables didn't get fired. They brought, I, they brought back Mike after he got fired from Arizona, and so they were going to be co-defensive coordinators. Well, right. that's like a demotion, essentially. Right. Well, and, so, and it didn't work. The defense was horrible those years, and the fan base was very hostile toward Venables toward the end of his tenure, and then he left and went to Clemson, and then obviously he's been a superstar at Clemson, and then kind of obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. you look back and think, oh, maybe we did have a really good guy, and we tried to pair him up with the head coach's younger brother, and it didn't work. Well, and the main thing that I was saying, too, is that if you get Venables, that's a credited name. So not only will that keep the recruits, but one thing I think that this really looks bad for OU on a national perspective because – the University of Oklahoma is not a stepping stone job. This is a top five job in the country. The fact that someone left to go to a essentially even program, who's what are they four? Did they finish four and seven or five yeah. and seven uh, this year? It was bad, but I yeah, think they're not going to a bowl game. I they, think they fired head Clay Helton like last week of September, first week of October. This or something, is the first and it was time just a disaster. This is the first time in the modern era. I think you're going to start seeing a modern era of coaching changes like this, where guys want to take an easier path to the college football playoffs. Right? I mean, that has to Look, be one of the main reasons why he left because even as an OSU fan, you have to agree that OU's a better job than USC. I do think OU's a better job than USC. I, I also don't think Lincoln is crazy for going to USC I because he's going to dominate West Coast recruiting. He already kind of did so, at OU. Yeah, so exactly. He already has all these ties to the California schools. He's going to dominate recruits. He's going to dominate the Pac-12. And with the playoff expanding... There's no reason to think that USC couldn't be a playoff team just year in and year out, just pumping out conference titles in the Pac-12. And is that a better life than grinding out 10-win seasons in the SEC and, and hoping that you make the playoff that way? It might be. I, I don't think he's crazy for making this move. I think he handled it very poorly. But, I mean, I also don't think that there are a ton of good ways to handle leaving Oklahoma. You don't, People don't leave Oklahoma. One of the best tweets I saw was a guy, one of my, my guy, Jay Lakin, and he's tweeted, if he gets $12 million, maybe he'll be able to hire a better PR guy. <laughs> I mean, he handled it terrible, right? What? Like, seriously, the after post-game comment, too, is like, what even makes this worse? Uh, I'm not going to be a head coach at LSU. Next question. Kerry, I'm not going to LSU. Yeah. He's like, Kerry, let me interrupt you there. Let me interrupt you there. I will not be the next head coach at LSU. Next question. Y'all two, y'all two will know this better than me because y'all have some background in the, in the sports world. To go be a head coach at a major university like USC, how long does that have to be in the works? Uh, so what I read this morning is that USC has been in communication with Lincoln's people for months, but that they didn't actually make their pitch directly to Riley until late Saturday night after the Bedlam game. And, but again, if, if, if Lincoln's people had already been in connection with them, then I'm sure the phone call late Saturday night was just crossing T's and dotting I's. Well, yeah, because he's not going to do that without talking to his family about it. Too. No, shoot. No, he didn't do that without talking to his wife and his kids. And I mean, obviously kids don't you like your kids don't get to make the decision, but you yeah. talk to them and stuff yeah. like that. And, uh, and I'm talking about his actual kids, not the OU football players, which I, I get how people feel betrayed. I, the KD parallel, I think it'd be like if KD went to the Celtics or the heat 
or the Bulls or the Wizards. You know, I don't know. OU he, fans hate USC. He didn't go to Texas. Right. 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 But he didn't go USC's to, on the short list. You got Texas. You have OSU. You have Alabama. But, and you have USC. I would even put USC ahead of Alabama. USC but, might be third on how much is, they hate as a school. My point is, KD went somewhere where he was going to get a free ring with what was already in place. He's going to get a free Lincoln's, ride to the college football playoffs. Well, but Lincoln's, not going, already to, had that Lincoln's not going to Alabama with the best roster in college football. He's going to USC, and he's going to turn around a five-win program. That's, I mean, USC's been in shambles since Pete Carroll left. It's, yeah. not like, it's not like he's going to a good program. He's going to a very down program with the hopes that he's the guy to turn it around. Yeah. So, I think it would be like if, if KD would have gone to, like, the Celtics. I think it's different in college sports, though. I, Probably. You can change it around It's It's hard quick. to draw the parallels. I, I And I understand OU fans feeling betrayed because coaches don't leave OU. Do you think the reports are true that he didn't – obviously didn't tell the players and just let them know? Well, yeah. Hey, he, two minutes and then was well, deuces. Yeah. And here's the yeah. deal is why he didn't tell the players. If you tell whatever, how many guys are on a college roster? Uh, 80, uh, yeah, 85. Whatever. If you tell 85 guys, it's getting out, right? Right. And so, basically – he had to wait to tell them, but what I don't like about it is apparently it was a two-minute conversation with yeah. the team. Yeah, and so it left a bad taste in all the players' mouths. Here's my question. So, if the main topic I've heard talk about is obviously the transfer portal coming up with OU. Who's going to leave and all that stuff? Yeah. If you already feel this portrayed by Lincoln, why would you go play for him at USC? I'd be, I don't think everybody feels betrayed. No. Did you see Caleb Williams' statement? Yeah, Caleb's gone. Caleb was like, I think Caleb's staying. No way. He said, I'm happy for Coach Riley. I'm happy for Mama Riley. Name dropped his kids in the tweet. Like, maybe he does stay. I mean, he ended the tweet with hashtag Boomer, but... I think Caleb's staying. He feels betrayed. Maybe it partially depends on who the next head coach is, too. Well, obviously. I'm not sure it will, but... Which is why... If Caleb leaves, does Spencer stay? Good question. I don't know. I mean, after the way the OU fan base... Or does Spencer go to the draft? I mean, the the OU fan base was pretty nasty to Spencer Rattler the first... (laughs) Six weeks of the season. <laughs> got a good they were, like, they, I, I can't blame him if he leaves, even if Caleb leaves. They, they, they did he, give him a good cheer when he came in as we, backup. We, they did. They we did. were talking about this, though. Like, should he go to the draft, or should he go to a different school and up his draft stock? Different school. You different think? school. I, I think He's he needs to He's still a late first-round pick. I don't, I there, don't believe that. There are no quarterbacks in this draft. I don't know what next year's That's, That's true. Point. That's true. It's a weak class. I mean, who's the best guy? The guy from Liberty or whatever? Yeah. 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 I don't know. All right. Feel better? We get it all out of our systems? Absolutely not, but I don't want to keep going. <laughs> feel better. I, I, I way too Quote, many vulgar Colby Pal, feel better? Yeah. I feel like I didn't do a whole lot of rubbing there, it in. I, I, no, there I, was no I, rubbing it in. It's, let's be beside the point. What, what Do you think OSU beats Baylor, and by how many? Uh, I do think OSU beats Baylor. I think they beat them by... 17. So they get, yeah. in, so they get in the playoff then? I do think they get in the playoff. They Are they going to be the three or four seed? Uh, hopefully three. If they're four, they're going to get obliterated in the first round. If they're three, then they can have a chance to play at least a competitive football like, game. I, I agree. I've been so checked on football last 36 hours. I have no idea. So who would be two right now? Uh, Michigan. If yeah. uh, This is assuming Michigan, Georgia they beat beats Bama. Yeah. If Georgia beats they Bama. If, if, I mean, crazy stuff happens. Let, let's assume all the favorites win this weekend that are supposed to. It'll be Georgia one, Michigan two, and then Cincinnati and OSU will be either three or four. Yeah. And you just really hope you're three. Yeah. Because if you're four, you get Georgia, you're and if you're get, three, you get Michigan, and there's a big damn difference between <laughs> Georgia and Michigan. I'm not so sure Michigan's going to win. Over Iowa? Yeah. They'll bust. Iowa's really bad. But uh, Michigan is known for Iowa's the sneaky the worst, choke. Iowa's the worst 10-win team in the country. Michigan, Michigan's Michigan, though. Michigan is Michigan. They do have a tendency to Michigan. 
<laughs> but Oklahoma State has a tendency to Oklahoma State, so I'm hoping. Yeah. Here's this Oklahoma State team is different though. They're man, I mean they so grew old. so much from the start of the season to the end of the season. Remember when we had Scott Verflake on and he goes, "Oh yeah, national championship or bust." <laughs> yes, he wasn't That's wrong. Funny. They beat Southeastern <laughs> Missouri State or whatever by seven. They beat Missouri State. Yeah the the first <laughs> the first two weeks of the season. In hindsight, it was like, okay, OSU was missing a bunch of starters in those games, but we didn't really see that. All we saw was Oklahoma State playing Missouri State and Tulsa close. Then they get all their guys back, and they go on a run, and hey, next thing it, you know, here they are. Whenever you got all their guys back, our coaches were out the door, so it kind of didn't work out for us. So. It was bad timing, wasn't it? It was bad timing. <laughs> I, I can't believe that. I mean, that, they were. he was out a month before the East season ended. It's hard to believe. It is so obvious why they played so bad at Baylor. So obvious. It's hard to believe. You know it who really you should hire as their football coach? Me? Ryan Hebble. Ryan Hebble. Is that Ryan Hebble? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly we need a leading the team. <laughs> I mean, this is what you'd have to do. You'd have to send the assistants to the golf tournaments in the fall yep. so that Hibble could stay back with the football I team. I mean, in high school, and the then, football coach coaches golf. Yeah. And, and, then, and then in the spring, Hibble focuses on golf, and you have your assistants lead spring practice. It's a win-win for everybody. I think old old Nate and Let's Ryan Hibble. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Last thing I'm going to say about football. <laughs> Do you think Bob Stoops feels betrayed? He Has literally, to. he literally hand, he handed the keys to Lincoln Riley to gave him a Heisman Trophy I'll winning quarterback, this, Bacon he, Riley. I guarantee and Kyler Murray back to back. They both committed before Lincoln was there. T Dub, you're exactly right. If if uh, Bob didn't feel betrayed, then he wouldn't have taken the job as the interim for the bowl game. I think he probably still would have because he's just such an OU guy. Like, his loyalty to OU is unquestioned. But, yeah, I, th- I think that he feels betrayed because he handed over the program to Lincoln. So, someone that he thought he trusted. Well, I think he thought when he handed over the program to Lincoln that Lincoln was going to be there for two two decades plus. Yeah. I thought he was going to be here for two decades. I-, I thought the only way he would leave is if he went to the end. I did not think he would leave and for another college job. I thought if he got tired of recruiting after doing it for a decade, he might go to the well, NFL and try his hand. I did not think he was leaving for another college here's job. Here's the whole deal. Apparently, it's there's some rumors that Lincoln was just not happy about going to the SEC. Oh, yeah. I've heard that. And and that's why, you know, he started looking Scared. elsewhere. See, this is what we need. We need a coach who wants to be like Bama. You want – you don't – does Bama scared of being in the SEC? Is Georgia scared of being in the SEC? No, they're at the top. We need someone who wants to be at the top. Yeah. Don't be scared. Don't be Brock Vandergriff. <laughs> go, yeah, Vandergriff, go transfer to USC now. You, God. All right, one more thing, and then we can move on from football. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk golf after the break. One more thing. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hey, this one I will rub in. They had a because bad, them boys they had a bad are winning week. the NFC. Them boys lost this week, too. Them boys are hurt. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence. I will say this. Jalen had his worst game of the year. God, My he was God. bad. I don't, what was he seeing? I don't know. He and was seeing ghosts. The crazy part is he's been playing so well lately, and all of a sudden, it's like he just, like, got his powers taken away by the Monstars. He's been on the heater of his NFL life for the last three to four weeks, and yesterday he was absolutely seeing ghosts against the New York Giants. <sighs> the NFL's weird, man. The NFL's so weird. And so you never shot, know who's going to win I mean, weekend. What a terrible out. football weekend. And Christian McCaffrey has three points to lose me my game. Yep. In fantasy. Just so, terrible. Just, this is the last thing that I'll say, and this might rub a little bit of salt in the wound, but, you know, the Cowboys lose Thursday, but they're injured, and I'm not worried about them. The rest of my sports weekend... I was rooting for Michigan against Ohio State because that benefits Oklahoma State yep. if they get to the playoff and get to play Michigan instead of Ohio State. So Michigan beats Ohio State. Bedlam 
Saturday night, absolute mayhem, unbelievable atmosphere being in Boone Pickens Stadium. Did you rush the field? Uh, so didn't rush the field because Dana's pregnant and I, had a bo- <laughs> and, I had a boot, and I had a boot on my foot. So we just like hung out for like 15 minutes and let everybody go down on the field. And then once the crowd was done going crazy, there's like steps that you can walk down. You don't have to jump over the wall. Yeah. There's like steps. By the way, the West psycho, if you jump over the wall, didn't some people like break their leg or it's something? It's a 10-foot drop. I know. What are it's they doing? people drop. jumping behind you too. The way and by the way, in 2011, whenever Oklahoma State won Bedlam and rushed the field, that was our freshman year at Oklahoma State. Yeah. And we did jump the wall that year. But if you're in the student section, you don't have a choice. You are getting pushed over the wall by a C. You don't have a choice. Yeah. You're going over the wall. Yeah. Brace, well, brace yourself. Well, but the thing is, if you go over the wall, don't jump over the wall. You, you kind of swing your legs over and hang from the top and then jump down. Ideally, yes. But again, I'm telling you, the mass of people—you don't have much time. The mass of people pushing on your back is—it's dangerous. It really is. So no, we just sat in our seats, let everybody else get down there, and then we just kind of walked down there and took a couple pictures of the crowd and stuff, and then and then headed out. What's the craziest thing you can do when you rush the field? Like, can you just run up to players and coaches and like hit them in the shoulder and say, "Hey, what's up?" Oh yeah, I mean, the players were getting swarmed. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Dez headed to the locker room as soon as the game ended because I think he knew he was just going to get mobbed. Yeah, Um, didn't want to get that chain snatched. Right? Yeah, don't want to get the chain snatched. But uh, so that happens. So then yesterday the Eagles lose, which I was really rooting for because as a Cowboys fan, I can't be having the Eagles win the division. You know that'd be embarrassing. You were getting a little nervous. You have to admit. Uh, I feel a lot better that the Eagles lost to the Giants. I feel a lot better after the Eagles losing to the Giants. And assuming Tyler Lockett gets at least eight fantasy points tonight, I'm going to go two and zero in fantasy this weekend. I've seen crazier things happen. Tyler Lockett's boomer bust. Uh, Tyler Lockett actually in 10 games this year has gotten eight or more five times and less than eight five times. <laughs> so actually based on his season production, there's a 50-50 chance he gets me eight tonight <laughs> in a PPR league. But your ESPN calculations say 100% or 99. Oh, probably. He's projected 14, I think. Let's see. The ESPN production system for the fantasy football is the most. Because we dog on it so the much. dumbest Let's thing see. I've ever seen in my It life. tells me I have a 76% chance of winning, which I think is about right. Three-fourths of the time, Tyler should get eight points in a PPR league. That's actually surprisingly accurate. Especially because he went to school with my wife, middle school, high school. Like, come on, Old man. Booker T. You got to have my back. If Tyler, Tyler, if you listen to this this afternoon before your game, I don't know what your pregame routine is. <laughs> I need eight, okay? <laughs> I need five catches for 30 yards. That's all I need. I'm not being greedy. No fumbles. No nonsense. No interceptions on trick plays. No nonsense. Five catches, 30 yards. All right, let's take a break. Come back on the other side. That was cathartic. Had to get it all out of our systems. It was a hell of a 48 hours in the state of Oklahoma. Cathartic. That's a good word. Cathartic's a great word. Doesn't get used nearly often enough. Not Uh, as much as OU being lethargic. Oh, nice. I see what you did there. After the break, uh, Lee Elder, legend of the game, has passed. We'll talk a little bit about the Joe Berg Open, Hero World Challenge coming up this week, and the match. That's all coming up on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. 
That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. It is November 29th. Not a lot going on in the golf world. We decided to talk a little bit of football, but there is a little bit going on in the golf world. Uh, So the match. The match takes place Friday, day after Thanksgiving, right smack dab in the middle of the day. It was terrible timing for me. We were in Tulsa this year for Thanksgiving with my in-laws. So we, we went out for a late lunch, early dinner, and then we're driving back from Tulsa while the match is happening. I recorded the match with the intent to go back and watch it. And then... You got busy? All the reviews... <laughs> all the reviews of the match were terrible. So I'm like, well, hell, I don't know that I really am going to waste two and a half hours to go watch hey. these nine holes. out. I'll take y'all's word for it. Hey, it was I, bad. I watched the majority of it. I had to go to uh, to work to do the Thunder game uh, that night. But, you know, I enjoyed the first four or five holes that I saw. And, and what made it enjoyable was Phil Mickelson and Charles Barkley being Okay, on I heard there. Phil was great. I mean, Phil is just absolutely the best. And having Barkley on there is hilarious. I, I loved when Barkley brought up uh, – they did a little video saying Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, you know, created the beverage cart at the golf course they were at at the win and and Barkley was like tonight I'm going to get on my knees and pray and thank them because <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to get through a round of golf without the beverage cart um, Chuck is funny but now Taylor's the only one of us who was able to watch the entire thing I was on the road you had to go to work Taylor you yeah. watched the whole thing just your honest review of the golf, the golf course, and the broadcast. Well, you know what? I thought I was going to come on here because I'm just thinking this whole time, this 12-hole concept is just dumb. And we played nine holes, so I can't even <laughs> complain about it. We had a nine-hole match. It's great. I'm, look at it. I think Kepka, Hashtag play nine. Hashtag TF4. <laughs> I, they pretty much were with the course setup. But I think While that we're Ke- young. Kepka just played really good. He made four birdies first eight holes. And you look on the first tee box, they both just hit it a million miles right. So we're thinking, oh, what's going to go along here? And... I mean, there was a little bit of banter in there. There wasn't nothing real serious. One of the funniest things was, I think it was one of the last few holes, they asked uh, Kepka because they were like, this was the first time they had ever played together. And they, everyone thought that was weird. And someone asked uh, Kepka, do you want to play with, does this make you want to play with Bryson Moore? And Kepka really, really fastly said, nope, I'm good. <laughs> That's so good. My deal is, if they're going to play 12 holes, why not play stroke play? Instead of match play. Yeah, I thought it was weird yeah. that, that it ended after nine. I don't know if that impacts sponsorships or commercials or anything like that, but I did think it was weird that they wouldn't guarantee that there would be 12 holes I played. will say, Kepka always comes off like he's kind of not trying or doesn't really care. I think he wanted to beat the absolute breaks off of Bryson. I think this. so, too. And he treated it, like he even said, in, in one of the things that he said while he was on the course, he's like, well, this is my major right now. Yeah. You know, I think he wanted to go out there and just beat the brakes off Bryson, and he did. And he Bryson did. said he hadn't played since the Ryder Cup. Bryson hadn't played? Bryson said holes? he hadn't played since the Ryder Cup. He He's always like making excuses. I, I mean, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't he know was, if he played since the Ryder Cup or not. He's probably been speed training. Oh, I know he hit balls after the Ryder Cup, right? Because well, he, no, he, had, he had the long drive. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, he yeah. had the long drive. 
But he made it sound like that was the last time he touched a golf club was long drive. I bet he's been doing speed training and weight training, is my guess. But the better player won. Everybody knows that. <laughs> More or less. Bryson <laughs> Bryce was complaining about his distance control because he's been working out. Well, I mean, what's new? I mean, he's right? he's always having problems with his distance control. Did y'all see the after they finished, they went and did the little long drive challenge and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I saw that. I, no, I didn't. Yeah, so they went out yeah. and did long drive. and At the range or on, on no, a hole? They went or? to a hole. I don't, can't yeah. remember what hole it was. but Bryson hit it, what, 402? It was something stupid. Was like 204 ball speed. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And, but, with his normal and, driver and normal ball? Or did he switch out for long I think, drive? Plus? I think he had like a long drive type driver. I don't think it was like an official like long drive, but it okay. had like a longer. I thought it was funny it. that the match didn't last long enough for them to give away all their charity money. So like Bryson's, <laughs> they told Bryson to ask for a mulligan. Yeah, for twenty thousand dollars. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, so go out there and Bryson hit it four twenty or whatever. And Brooks is just like beyond himself. Like they pretty much just like started massaging each other with how much love <laughs> they were giving each other. Brooks was like, "Man, I've never seen it before. This is it's like the best." I ever seen you know just like so who knows they might be buddy buddies now i'm not sure but. I, I think if brooks and bryson could be a fun rivalry i'm here for it i'm here for it i, I would rather it be just <clears throat> hatred see i i don't know because to me the fans got a little too nasty in baltimore this year yelling and backswings and stuff like that yeah as long as the fans can keep it in good fun and not actually impact the play well, then, then I'm here for it. We know that Brooks is and Bryson, but Brooks is mainly all about his money, and he knows. That, oh yeah, he knows that this could cash in, you know, numerous times, and even after this match. But he saw this match with the pip way before anybody else did. Yeah, with the pip. I mean, obviously, we know Tiger won the pip with the three second video last week, but we know second, Bro- second place for pip is up for grabs. Brooks and Bryson are up there in the top five for sure. Yeah, have to be. Also, so. I wonder too. I mean, are Brooks and Bryson, they're not just playing this match for free, are they? I mean, how much do you think they're getting paid for this? Oh, I mean, they're definitely getting paid. Oh, yeah. so, I, mean, I, mean, much, I mean, how but... much does that make? Obviously, it has to do with TV contracts, I bet, and all that. But, I mean, that's something else that goes into it. So, you talk about money. Was, I mean, it, see, was it Capital One still? Is it still Capital One's the match? Yes. So, you would assume Capital One's putting a pretty pretty decent-sized check to the players. I don't know, a million each or something? Yeah. Two, two million each? I have no idea. I do think it's interesting how when Brooks cares, he can just turn it on. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And when he's healthy. He's got to be yeah. healthy because th- that's one thing. You know, he goes on this crazy tear of majors, and then he loses a couple heartbreakers finishing in second, and then his health deteriorates, and he's, he's dealt with the knee and some other things. And, and when you're not healthy, it's hard to play good golf. Now, now let me ask you a question because you make a great point, Sam, that when Kepka wants to try, he plays unbelievable, wins four, has won four majors. We saw what Tiger was able to do. He pretty much focused every tournament, made how many ever cuts in a row. To, for if Kepka wanted to focus every tournament, does he just have to try to focus, or is it does he only have so much mental ability in the tank that he has to save it? Yeah, for the I don't think Tiger's normal in the fact that he never got tired of like that's the only gear Tiger had. Was right, all systems go. And then like, Tiger, Tiger loved the grind. Right, Brooks doesn't love the grind. No, Brooks loves the payoff. Right. But Brooks doesn't love the grind. Tiger loved the grind. Tiger loved now, winning the he, Buick Open. He might Tiger be faking loved you winning out. the Farmers. Brooks might be faking you out a little bit on that. Like, clearly, I mean, Brooks puts in a ton of work. I'm sure he does, but I mean, I don't think he puts in as much as the other top guys. I mean, he's told us I, before that he doesn't practice I don't know that much. it has to do with the work. And I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that he just doesn't practice very much. I, I don't believe I, that he I doesn't don't. practice very much, but 
I don't think he's working on his game as much as Rom or more. I, 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 I think I it's more on the lower said. of average on practice of Turpin. On practice time. Either, either way, I think but he's just more, remarkably talented. It's more of what Taylor's saying as far as when he wants to focus, but if he tried to focus every single tournament, I think that he would get burnt out. Right? That's and exactly so, what I'm if, saying. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I and, think and that, again, that's part of what made Tiger's run so special. Exactly. Is he he needed to win the Farmers. Right. He, it meant a lot. He needed to win at Bay Hill. These are just regular tour events, and he did what he needed to do. Yes, he wanted to peak four times a year, but even when he wasn't peaking, he wanted to leave with the trophy. And another thing is Tiger was just a whole lot better than Brooks Kepka. Yeah, I mean, Tiger was a whole lot better than everybody, which is why it's hard to make that comparison. But to answer your question, yes, I think if he tried to grind 25 tournaments a year and just give it 100%, I think just based on everything he said over the last several years, what we know about his personality, I think he'd get burnt out. I mean, and I just I think that because whenever I would play, it's, I can't focus 100% every tournament. I gave the best I had, but definitely some tournaments you had more in your tank than you did at others, yeah. whether you're worn out from playing others before that or whatever. And I just I look at Tiger and I say, how in the world do you do this? And then look at someone like Kepka, like you were saying, Sam, and so I'm just trying to analyze and, wh- why do we have our off weeks compared to our good weeks. And we look know? at Brooks, right? What's he most addicted to, right? The spotlight, okay? And he knows what tournaments are going to give him the biggest spotlight, and that's the tournaments that he actually cares about and focuses in. And the match, ironically, even though it's just some exhibition, put Brooks in a bigger spotlight than even winning a PGA Tour Tour tournament, right? And he put all of his focus into it and just beat the brakes off Bryson. Completely agree. Absolutely. So, uh, another big story today in the world of golf, and this is a very sad story. Lee Elder, who broke the color barrier at the Masters back in 1975, first black man to participate in the Masters. Uh, He has passed away at the age of 87 this morning. You'll remember Lee Elder was recently honored at Augusta National uh, for breaking the color barrier and for everything that he did for the game of golf, uh, as he obviously grew up in a very different time than the one we live in now. His, His story is remarkable. Uh, He was born in Dallas in 1934. Ten years later, he was an orphan after his father was killed in World War II and his mother died soon after. He moved to Los Angeles and he started taking odd jobs at golf courses. Uh, There he met Joe Lewis and Ted Rhodes. They took an interest in teaching Elder to improve his game. And then the the rest is pretty much history. Lee Elder became a great player. And I, I hope that non-golf fans, because I think golf fans and people who paid attention to this story a couple years ago know that, like, Lee Elder wasn't awarded a spot at the Masters because they had this deep desire to break the color barrier. He was awarded a spot at the Masters because he qualified and he was there on his merits. And Lee Elder is uh, a true legend of the game, and... um, Sad to see him go. I'm, I'm glad he was honored at Augusta before, before he left us on this exactly on this earth. what I was about to say. You know, it, at least, you know, Augusta did an awesome thing for Lee Elder being able to honor him with the first tee shot. Um, you know, it's just sad. Like, it, it's crazy how, you know, you see these legends. And golf's a weird game because you get to see these guys, you know, a long time like in basketball it feels like most of these guys just kind of disappear off the face of the earth or football they kind of disappear and you see them maybe one time for you know a hall of fame ring of honor thing but in golf like even lee elder i mean he wasn't you know jack nicholas or arnold palmer but he was you know broke the color barrier to augusta and we got to see him on the first tee at, and he was know, a great augusta. player he was a winner on the pga tour and he was a great player exactly and that's just my takeaway from it is I just love the game of golf because we got to see him, you know, last year 
the year before he passes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, and we saw whenever he did that, he wasn't looking in the best of shape. So, right. it, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't the biggest shock to us, but it's always sad to see. I'm pretty sure huge... he didn't even hit, right? It, he was just no, honored. I, yeah, I think he was an honorary right. starter. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. that's what it was. Exactly. So, you know, that's telling as well. But, you know, looking at it, guys, so he played in the 1975 Masters. That was the first one. And I didn't realize this until I was reading about it. P.J. Tour had a color barrier, essentially, for anyone wanting to play until 1961. That's, wow. I mean, I can't believe how late that is to think about. And, I mean, so what are we, 60 years away from that? I mean, that's crazy to think about how short that's been. But I mean, There um, might not be a Tiger Woods without a Lee Elder. Hey, Tiger said that. Tiger yeah. was Tiger was born in 75, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Tiger was born the year the color barrier was broken at the Masters. Yeah. Tiger was barely legal drinking age when he played in his first Masters. I mean, Lee Elder paved the way. There, There's these athletes in all these sports. Jackie Robinson in baseball. I mean, Lee Elder's that guy in golf. He... Golf needed a Lee Elder, and what these guys had to go through, the things behind the scenes that I'm sure were very difficult, it's just you, you can't give enough praise. And and it's hard to praise enough how Lee Elder handled the situation of being honored at Augusta. You know, Lee Elder, you listened to him talk a couple of years ago. He just – there's no bitterness in his heart for anything that he went through. He's He's just happy that he was able to be the guy and come through and do it, and he's happy he was able to pave the way for others. And he just seemed like a, a genuine good guy. And, yeah. Um, you know, we lost a good one. Game of golf lost a good one. So, he'll, shout out Lee Elder. He'll definitely be remembered in a very positive light and all the great greatness that he left on. In all honesty, I hope that people can remember him for his golf game and how great he was, Not yeah. and just opposed to what he did for – I mean, obviously that trumps all the golf ability, but at the same time, don't forget how great of a player he was. Yeah. I know there's been documentaries on it, but his life would make a hell of a movie. His life would make a hell of a movie. Make a great movie. So, a lot we'll tougher individual than me. I couldn't live that, man. Yeah, That'd be no doubt. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see who takes on that project. So, uh, Lee Elder, may he rest in peace. A uh, lot, of, lot of stuff going on uh, around the world of golf. Obviously, the new strain of COVID-19 was discovered in South Africa, and I didn't even realize because there was so much else going on, Tyler, you turned me on to it, that uh, <laughs> there was actually a tournament being played on the – European slash DP World Tour. Uh, GolfChannel.com already has it listed as the DP World Tour in Johannesburg, South Africa this past week. Weather pushed the second round back to Saturday, and then they canceled the final 36 holes. But I believe they did award the trophy to the leader after 36 holes. So they canceled the final two rounds, but they didn't just scrap the event. The trophy was awarded to uh, Tristan Lawrence. No relation, I believe, to Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback <laughs> of the Jags. 65-65, 12 under, wins by four. What about Demarcus Lawrence? Uh, distant cousin. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 There's a second cousin, third cousin, something like that. I mean, because I, I remember I saw the news on Friday about the new strain or whatever, and I said... I think they're playing a golf tournament in South Africa. And I looked on, and sure enough, they were. And I said, oh, boy, I bet this is a fun time to be there playing golf. It's ironic because I saw a tweet talking about how bad the greens were in uh, in South Africa. And they were like, does COVID-19 affect the greens in South Africa? But I, I thought that it was a joke from a long time ago because I thought there's no way they're playing a golf tournament in South Africa right now. But they were. Yeah. They were, yeah. We, I mean, the worst timing possible. I oh, mean, my for, gosh. Yeah. Just awful timing. So I uh, hope everyone who was down there was able to get home safe and hope everything good uh, with everything going on there. If you are having any trouble after Thanksgiving, the amount of things that we stuff into our faces on Thanksgiving, it's not healthy. 
It's not healthy for your teeth either. Go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. They treat families of all ages. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. They have all the leading edge technology delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. They've got implants, clear aligner orthodontics, you name it. They've got it. All decisions are made by the patient. They explain their opinion. They answer any questions and ultimately leave all decisions up to the patient. Give them a Google. Go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. Uh, All right, guys. Hero World Challenge. Coming up this year, I believe, this year, this week, I believe the expectation is that Tiger will make an appearance, will not make any golf swings. That's kind of my understanding from what I've been hearing through the grapevine. And by the grapevine, I mean what, like, Rory and some of these guys have said on social media. Would this be his first public, besides the the behind-the-scenes pictures or whatever, his first actually public physical appearance since his accident? Uh, yeah. First time he's sat down in front of, uh, cameras and microphones. I would, I mean, tomorrow's Tuesday of the event that Will he's he hosting. Be answering it's, questions. I would guess that he'll be answering questions tomorrow. He's got to do it at some point. I mean, I don't know but for he sure. he controls who the press is there. I would assume. I mean, yeah, he's hosting the event. He can, he can do what he wants, but yeah. I think that he's going to answer questions tomorrow. Yeah. I really hope he does because. That'll be interesting. Number one, gives us a whole buttload of content on Wednesday. Hopefully he does it before like two o'clock. Right, yeah, hopefully he does it before we, we record right, okay. our preview for the hero. Wednesday we might week? do Wednesday. I don't even know what my schedule looks like. The off-season, if you guys haven't noticed, during season we do Monday, Tuesday pretty religiously. In the off-season, we're doing more Monday. Or a little more flexible. Monday and then whenever. Yeah, a little more flexible. <laughs> so, don't, it's not as strict on the uh, on the scheduling in the off-season. A lot it, of good players in the field talking about uh, the hero. So, so got, hit us with the hero field, Tyler. All right, so I'll go uh, one down here. The, the strength of field isn't out yet. we got Abraham Answer, Daniel Berger, Sam Burns, uh, Bryson, Harry English, Finau, uh, Mr. Skill, Matty Fitz, uh, the even-tempered man himself, Terrell Hatton, <laughs> Victor Hovland, Kepka, Rory, Morikawa, Patrick Reed, the non-cheater, Justin Rose, Shoffley, Scheffler, Webb Simpson, Spieth, Henrik Stinson, JT. How did Henrik Stinson get an invite? He won this like five years ago or something. Oh, okay. Must still be living off that because... That's about did the last time he played good golf, I think. Did you not say Javi's name? No, he yeah, did. Hovland. Yeah, Hovland. Yeah. Okay, Hovland's in the field. Okay. He's so. right squeezed between Kepka and Hatton. So, hopefully yep. he doesn't get paired in that group. So, Justin Rose is in the field. Hasn't been on his best behavior on the golf course. Uh, best behavior. Hasn't had his best game <laughs> over the last year. Henrik's in the wait, field. Did I miss something? Like, no, and Justin Rose is just eating ice cream on commercials. I just <laughs> mean he hasn't played his best golf. Is, is Justin Rose the last person you would think would break a club? Who's Justin the, Rose has never broken a club. Who, who, who is the last Ricky person? Fowler. On, who's the top three guys on tour? You'd be shocked if you saw him get angry or break a club. Ricky Fowler would be Kuchar. number one. Kuchar. No, Kuchar's kind of sneaky bad boy. I, no, I don't think so. I don't think. I, 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 I can never take, see Kuchar breaking a club. Just take the iron over the knee or the putter and just boom. I can never see Kuchar breaking a club. You know, sneaky, I don't think we'll ever see have anger fits. Morikawa is just, just marches on. He's so competitive, though. I could see. I, it. I was thinking that too, because I was thinking, man, he his putter gets bad every once in a while. I could just see him True. taking it out. True, because that's the thing. If, if you get angry when you miss four footers, yep, that's definitely tough. probably probably Hovland. What about Finau? I don't think Finau gets that mad. Ho- yeah, I I couldn't see Hovland doing it. Hovland's I couldn't see Finau one. doing it. I couldn't see Ricky doing it either. No, Shawflake. Yeah, um, I could see it. I could see I Xander could doing he it. He has a little fire underneath. I him. could see Xander doing it. I can see DJ doing it, but I can see DJ doing it in a super casual way. He just snaps over his knee, hands it to the caddy, and walks off and doesn't <laughs> oh, say anything. Oh, here's a good one. What about Cantlay? 
I couldn't see Cantlay doing no, it. No, I couldn't see that. Yeah, I couldn't see Cantlay doing it. He might be, like, number one. It's fun to uh, look at all the angry angry guys on the tour, but there are a lot of guys who are just level-headed and just yeah. hit golf shots and move on about their day. Because there's a bunch of guys that it's just like, no, nah, I can't see that guy breaking a club. <laughs> Honestly, probably more than we we can see having anger issues. Has Phil ever broken a club? Great question. I know I'm he's, sure he has. Great I question. Mean, I mean, in, in a tournament where it's on camera and where we can pull it up and watch it. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, I'm going to take the under on you finding video of Phil breaking a club. Well, the, the only one I found was of him at a bunker at uh, TBC San Antonio where all the rocks are in the bunker, and the club head just flies out into the sand. So he didn't break <laughs> it in anger, at least not visually. If he did, he's really good at breaking clubs. Have you all ever hit a ball and had the club head fly off? Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's a shock to the system when it happens. It's... You forget where the ball's going. You look down. You're trying to figure out what's going on. I remember whenever we were in high school, Tyler, I don't know if you remember this. You had lent me like a two or three iron or something that was one of your old clubs. To oh, go I do out. remember this, yeah. Because I was going to go out and I was going to practice with it. So I go out. This was whenever Riverbend was still around in Chickasha. <laughs> I got to Riverbend. I make a few th- swings with this thing on the range. And it's feeling pretty good. And I hit it. And I swear the club head just takes off into the middle of like 80 yards. <laughs> Did you know it was broke? No. 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 <laughs> it, was, it was fine. So I come back and I'm like, dude. This is, I mean, we're no longer attached here. <laughs> and that RIP to that two iron, I guess. I don't think, I don't think it was ever <laughs> resurrected from the dead. It had never, swing, it had never seen a swing speed that high, Colby. That's, that's <laughs> that the problem. That had been what it was. That it had, had, been, it been, had been hit 3,000 times with <laughs> yeah. 90 mile an hour. Then it got 130 and said, oh, man, I can't handle it. Yeah, that 78 mile an hour swing speed I was generating. You sure you didn't lay your sod over it? No, I swear. <laughs> I, I just, I hit it. I think I flushed it and it went out there. I mean, we're, we're going to say it was like 13 years ago. We're going to say I flushed it. That is okay. that is what's funny about, like, on all the times I've seen, like, a broken club ball, like, the ball always flies halfway decent comparatively to what happens. Like, I haven't seen it where someone breaks, besides hitting the sod like Sam was talking about, where, like, you hit the sod and it just, like, flies over. Because you see it a lot with driver heads, right? Yeah. With the epoxy or whatever down at the bottom. Yeah. And they'll hit a driver, like, 280 right down the middle. I'm like, how the hell did you do that? I'll, yeah. I'll tell you guys one one real quick. Uh, Nick Heinen would remember this one. We were playing in an OJGT event, and I had just gotten this new Adams driver. This is how long. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do you remember what course you were at? It was at Lincoln East. Nice. <laughs> Adams. The old beast of the East Classic, and I and I <laughs> tee up on the first hole. I take my swing. Did you start on one? Huh? Did you start Started on one? On or was one. A shotgun? Yeah, okay. yeah. Just absolutely annihilate this tee shot. Probably a good two hundred and twenty yards back then. And I hit it, and I just hear crack, 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 crack. <laughs> and this ball is just flying dead center. Just the best drive I've ever hit in my life. And I look down, and I'm just holding the grip. <laughs> That I, I must have had like a little crack in the grip. Did the rest I'm, of the club fly out on the road? No, or? the rest of the club went backwards and almost killed somebody. Oh, <laughs> those shafts get first, sharp when they split. First tee shot, nice. I use my I use my mom's driver, and I, I'm pretty sure I won. Was it the same specs? Huh? Was it the same specs? Oh no, she had like disqualified. She had like this fat wing grip. No one gave a crap, Colby. We were nine years old. Uh, no, I was just kidding. <laughs> I was just kidding. I don't think nine-year-old Sam should be disqualified for using this ball driver. I do. I do. I bet, too good I bet there'd be some some golf parent nowadays who would go out there and say, no, no, no. <laughs> no substituting clubs. Bro, this thing, I mean, scariest moment. I still remember how it feels, and I was like nine or ten years old. It just hit, like, hit, made contact, and then just... I was shook that's pretty jarring it's it's especially for a nine-year-old 
it, it was so scary. Like, I was oh like, god, oh my, my god, my driver just broke. Yeah, yeah. At <laughs> nine it, years old, you're freaking out. And, and I looked over, and it was like on Happy Gilmore when Lee Trevino just shakes his head with his mouth <laughs> open, and the whole everybody around, like all ten people around the tee box, were just like, "What the heck?" That's beautiful. He about killed someone apparently behind you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't never see it. I was looking forward. Yeah, so. I'm, I mean that's that's going to happen every time. I mean, so I'm <laughs> so, but. Uh, God, we could talk about breaking club stories all day. Yeah, like we've talked about it twice. I feel like that's a pretty routine rabbit hole we get into. (laughs) One way or another, we always end up back on breaking clubs. Yeah. So, because it happens. It happens. It happens. Call me uh, final thoughts on OSU Bedlam. uh, Final thoughts. It was a great day. For OSU fans, it was a great day. And look, I am also another thing that I didn't bring up. I'm happy for OSU fans because they got totally hosed by the NCAA and they were in the biggest, you know, hole of. You know, in recent history, and they were just deep down in depression about the NCAA and OSU basketball, and now they just have pure glory. I, that has to be a good feeling. It's been a good forty-eight hours. It has <laughs> been a good forty. Existence as an Oklahoma State fan is often just pain. Like seriously, that's a, a, a great majority of my life as an OSU fan has just been pain. That's why whenever the good weekends happen, they stand out so much. And that's why whenever OU fans are always like, oh my gosh, y'all like y'all get such a thrill out of OU losing and beating OU and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, it almost never happens. <laughs> so, of course we get a thrill out of Is it. Is that going to be the last bedlam in Stillwater? Uh, in Stillwater? Do you think OU probably. tries to go back and to uh, try to go to 2025 now? I have no idea. That's in the Big Twelve. It's all it's all gotten very weird now with Lincoln leaving OU because now with the instability and the buyouts that have to be paid, I I have no idea. Your, your guess is as good as mine as to when OU and Texas actually go. I think Texas is ready. I had a great season, <laughs> five and seven. By the way, last thing I'll say, and then we'll get out of here. Whenever <laughs> Texas lost to Abilene Christian, this is a fitting way to end the show on Golf Oklahoma podcast. Is that we make fun of Texas to end the show. Uh, after they lost Abilene Christian in the tournament, I said, keep your heads up, Texas fans. You'll be winning seven football games before you know it. I overshot it by a decent amount. <laughs> two games. Five and seven. Five you and had seven. the losses, right? Five and seven. Or, Let, let's all agree that no matter what OU and OSU go through, we're not Texas. <laughs> we're not Texas. Ain't nobody five and seven in this state. God. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't take OU four tries before they get a good coach. Right. Or maybe more. Yeah. If Texas was in Oklahoma, they'd be the fourth best team in the state. Let's just. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe fifth. We've got, we got some good D2 schools around. UCO can play a little bit. I'd like to see UCO and Texas on a neutral field. <laughs> Vegas, get us a point spread. All right. That's enough for today. I'm glad we can laugh at Texas at the end of the show. Everybody go to golfoklahoma.org. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole, Instagram 73rd hole. We're back later in the week to preview the Hero World Challenge. Thanks for listening to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.